Welcome to the Pack the House Show, where we have conversations about sharing your faith as you walk through life with others. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Pack the House. My name is Andrew Osborne, and I'm joined by Pastor Jason Tabor. Back again. Back again. Uh, welcome back from uh, baby duty. Uh, thanks. I'm, it's still going on, but you're here. I still have the baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're also joined by Aaron Davis yeah. and Austin Marshoni. Sorry, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A good, well, a good trucker cap, though. <laughs> that is a nice hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we started. Over the headphones is a really complete to look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you could be a trucker, Austin. I can see it. Thanks. All right. We are starting a new series on Christ and culture, where we're going to be digging into some uh, more topical kind of things as it pertains to the culture we live in. Uh, So this first week, we talked about cancel culture. Um, And before we get into what that is, uh, we we started with the story of Doubting Thomas, as he's called by many people. Um, Pastor Jason, you were were saying some good things about... uh, how this pertains to cancel culture. Can you fill us in on that? Yeah. Uh, so some of our preachers went different directions with it. Uh, there's kind of two angles that we could that we could look at, two angles from which we can look at this story, both of which have a cancel culture connection. The first is, um, well, both of them relate to Jesus' response. Um, Jesus' response to Thomas when he doubts, when he expresses those doubts. By the way, um, it's okay to have doubts. It's okay to express doubts. Um, just always have to put that out there. Um, but both of these angles around cancel culture, as I said, relate to Thomas, Jesus' response to Thomas. The first way to look at that is to say um, Thomas expresses, you know, some pretty serious doubts about the the cornerstone issue of Christian faith, the resurrection of Jesus. And yet he uh, gets away with it, so to speak, which is to say Jesus does not cancel him or exclude him um, or ostracize him. Neither do the other disciples. Um, You know, they could have thrown him out uh, like they did Judas, but they welcome him back in just as Jesus does. So that's one one way of looking at this. Um, The other way that I used in in my preaching, so, you know, the correct way. Uh, (laughs) We'll see how many pastors listen to this. The other way of looking at this is is um, Jesus' response to Thomas shows us uh, how we can behave uh, to those among those who might seek to uh, to cancel us. And we'll talk more as we go on about what that means when we say someone is canceling us or are we even being canceled. Um, but we see in Jesus' response, um, you know, Thomas says, "The only way I'll believe this, the only way I will open my mind to this possibility, is if I can." Um, put my hands right in the nail holes and, and, and literally the Greek is kind of shove my hand up the, um, up the side wound. And so Thomas is, is pretty deliberately trying to make a, a, like a really high insurmountable bar for belief. Um, he's being a little bit obnoxious. I mean, you've come across that, right? Uh, <laughs> That's better now, probably. <laughs> right. And yet Jesus comes and he, he doesn't say, you know, told you so, or take that. Or and let me give you nine nine proofs or or apologetical arguments. Jesus uh, destroys Thomas. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Thomas deplatformed. Uh, <laughs> instead, he says, 
put your hands in the nail holes and put your hand in the side. In, in other words, do what you need to do to, to believe this. If, if that's what it'll take for you to believe and to, and to um, have your doubts and uh, answered, then go ahead and do it. Do whatever you need to. Um, in other words, Jesus answers this uh, with a really open, welcoming, uh, calm posture, um, which is one we can emulate, and we'll talk about why as we move forward. Yeah. Did all that thing answer your question, Andrew? Yeah, I think so. Great. Real quick, though, about the Doubting Thomas thing. Like, we've all said those things. Like, Jesus has asked us to do something, and you, we say, I will only do this if you do this, this, and this, and line I need it gigantic up. proof. Right. And then, I mean, it ha sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. But when it happens, you're like, dang it, now I got to do this. Yeah. <laughs> so we've all had those doubts, and we've all been there with Thomas. Mm -hmm. He's so yeah, really. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I guess as we get into this, we need to talk about what cancel culture is. Um, and I, I have a few quotes. Uh, first of all, from from the, the dictionary. Uh, here's the definition Ooh, from Merriam-Webster. Yeah. Wait, cancel culture is in the dictionary? I it's love it. webster Okay. All right. Go ahead. The practice or tendency of engaging in mass canceling as a way of expressing disapproval and exerting social pressure, which I, I think uh, makes sense to me. It's, uh, I get that. Yeah, except that they use the word in the definition. Well, yeah, that, that always does. So maybe this one will help clear it up Cancel a little from Brian Cranston, uh, the actor from Breaking Bad and from Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, he said, and Seinfeld. <laughs> oh, yeah, he is. He's yeah, the he, dentist, was the, right? he was the crazy dentist guy. Mm -hmm. Well, he said, I think we're unfortunately in a coarser environment. I think our societies have become harder and less understanding, less tolerant, less forgiving. My question for today is, where does forgiveness live in our society? Uh, so he's getting at, I think, the, the root of it that uh, we as Christians think about is that uh, we are forgiving people. We're, we know that we're forgiven and we try to forgive others, but then we live in a society that sometimes has a hard time forgiving. Um, go ahead. So, Andrew, tell us about the purpose of these conversations and why that quote uh, stuck out to you as valuable in this conversation. Uh, well, so the purpose of these conversations is to um, engage in conversations around faith with our unbelieving friends and neighbors. Um, and I think the, the quote stood out to me because I, I think a lot of them, at least a lot of the friends I talk to, um, would agree with that, that we live in a society that um, isn't very tolerant and doesn't forgive easily and um, is very harsh. Uh, and I, I think a lot of them don't like that um, one way or another. And, and so I think a lot of us are looking for more tolerance and more forgiveness and more um, peace. So, yeah. So, and, and as you shared with, as you've shared with us many times, the, the idea here is to think about specifically, how do we engage in conversations with friends and neighbors around the, the, the specific sermon topic or the sermon idea? And so then in this case, it would be, what is our, where do we fit as Christians? What is our, um, what do we bring to the table as Christians as it relates to cancel culture? And I think you're hitting on a really important piece that the thing we can offer is forgiveness. Now we have to really, really unpack that. Um, so I have an example. I have some, I have a lot of friends that are unchurched and <clears throat> 
when they ascribe to the cancel culture, they see it in a different way. They see it as like, this is my form of activism, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to go out and I'm not going to pick it, but I will stop spending money on whatever this person is doing, or I will stop spending money on like whatever this organization is because I disagree with them. Right. And connect and I, the dots. What are they trying to bring about by doing that activism? Essentially, they're trying to bring about like, you know, the good things that they their beliefs, you know, they're trying to bring about their morality, their good things by they're trying to right a wrong. Yes. Bring exactly. about justice. Right. And see, we don't have to do that because we have Jesus, right? So it's not mm -hmm. something we have to do. And a lot of times I hear well, it like you don't have to do it in that way. Right. And a lot of times I hear it like around celebrities, right? Like a celebrity did something and now I can't buy their CD or whatever. And like, mm -hmm. I'm always like, well, they're a person and I've screwed up way more probably, <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's always my right. response to it, you know? Also, it won't really matter. They're still going to sell plenty of CD, but that's a different I mean, issue. It's going to uh, be fine. Yeah. <laughs> on the flip yeah, side. So so, oh, go ahead, Austin. I was going to say, so this is like part of like the two thoughts that I had. The first is I don't like, the, the, the concept of cancel culture for many reasons, but one, because it postures people in a way that says, I, I have a better view on this than you do in some cases. So whether it's a political kind of thing or whether it's like a way of doing business, if it's a company, I don't like that it's kind of like, I have a better way of things. But on the flip side of that as well, my other thought is, you know, there is a degree to which people not participating with it. I would say participate. I think this is a difference between where I'd say cancel culture with a new company versus with a, a, a specific person or human being, like the way that they've screwed up. Like I'm no better than the per than you know any you know celebrity that's screwed up. You know, I screw up, I sin just as much as they do, you know, different things. But so who am I to say that they don't deserve that forgiveness? Mm -hmm. But I, but there also are some companies that, you know, might be doing bad business, aren't willing to correct things. And I think that there is a place for people to be able to not participate in those things. There's a place for shaping a better world. That's one thing that we are, are about as Christians. We, we call it building the kingdom of God. Um, there's definitely a place for shaping a better world. Um, some of the ways in which it, it happens <laughs> is uh, to, to Aaron's point and Austin, your point as well, um, are unfortunate. So let's, let's well, go ahead. My, my quick pushback is that, uh, like as a parent, there are certain things that I, I don't want my kids stumbling into. Um, and there are times when like they watch shows and those shows are trying to push those things that I don't want them stumbling into. Mm -hmm. um, so as a parent, is it cancel culture for me to say, we're not watching that show or is that just no. being discerning? No, um, that is being discerning and, and, and leading your family in the way that you is best. Where it would cross a line is to say that show cannot exist. Mm -hmm. Uh, or I don't, or I'm going to take a stance and nobody should watch this show. Nobody should watch this show. Tell everybody yeah. not Everyone to watch this show. So, or show. actually maybe where it even goes a, a step further is those who are, who, who are involved in the show should no longer have a career. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because but they can, participated in of, that show. Yeah. I can think of examples of where I think that's true, that there are things that should not exist and people should not be 
taking part in them. So it's at, at times, I think cancel culture, in my opinion, can be good because those things should, there are certain things that should not be allowed to exist. Yeah, but we live in a fallen world. So you're not going to just allow it. Well, not allow it, but I mean, like you don't have to participate in it, but I'm just saying like, you're, well, you're for not... example, there, there are people who actively search for things like videos of people being murdered. That should not be allowed, right? We, we should. There, there is no reason. Yeah, there is no situation in which a video like that should be get made. Right. Uh, so, right. And so in that sense, it is cancel culture to say we're not going to we're going to cancel that kind of thing in our it is and It isn't. We, we've stumbled a little bit because we haven't defined the term. Um, your what you're talking about, Andrew, is some sense of of justice and morality and and in that specific case um human dignity mm-hmm. um all those things are are things that as christians we're we're called to uphold um and when we talk about cancel culture that's not... a lot of non-christians would agree there should not be murder many would agree yeah, about especially yeah, so, murder i mean like that's pretty like murder. yeah I feel yeah, like and I know I'm like, thinking this on an st- extreme example. Right. I, just, I feel like that's more like universal, but like, I mean, I think just like, like stop buying Kanye West CDs, right? When he got canceled, right? Like that's what I was thinking of was something like that, where it's like, he's still going to sell CDs. Like you're not, you know, but if you feel like that makes you feel better, like my friends, you know, down the street that made them feel better. And I'm like, then you do it. Like if that makes you feel better. I have no problem with Kanye West. I think, he's I think well, it's kind of like, I think it's kind of like if you are participating in something that you don't believe in, like the, you know, in your example, Andrew, I think it's kind of like, you know, you're, you're helping to fund something maybe that is a stumbling block for other yeah. people. So you're, you're, you create a situation where, you know, you're supporting something, you know, financially or however you know through watching ads or whatever it is that they're making that money to be able to continue to do those things that is a a form of like you know you know that your brother or sister in christ is going to find that a stumbling block and so i think that's kind of where to me i i would say that that line gets drawn a little bit yeah um andrew you're correct you took us in a a extreme example um that that it's (laughs) Uh, objectively wrong. <laughs> the, mur- the murder of people is objectively wrong. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I thought you were saying Andrew's, <laughs> Andrew's comments. Andrew, you are wrong. No, Andrew, so Andrew's so a we, person. When Andrew's we talk canceled. about cancel him, turn off the screen. <laughs> when we talk about cancel culture, um, my sense of it is we're not referring to uh, trying to prevent things that are objectively wrong. Right. We're trying what what we. What we were, what we mean when we say cancel culture, I think, and you guys tell me if I'm off base, is uh, the 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 sense of trying to erase a person who has different views than me, agree, um, or whose viewpoint I don't like. Uh, not that it necessarily creates objective harm. Um, simply that it's a viewpoint that that. I don't like. Which if that was the case, then like us even having this conversation would be cancelable, right? Because it'd be like, why are you going to talk to your neighbor? They obviously believe different than you. Well, and many people, many people would agree, many, probably many people watching um, may even be concerned about that. 
if I talk to my neighbor, I'm going to wind up in this cancel culture trap where they're going to ostracize me from the neighborhood um, for having, you know, views that maybe the rest of the neighbors don't want. Yeah, that fear of like seeing what's happened to other people, like not wanting that to happen to you is such a like direct effect on you. It's such a like an immediate thing. It's like if I do this and I uh, I am canceled, like that's like such a wild thing to have happened to you because you you still have an obligation like those people who get canceled you know they still have an obligation to their family to their kids and stuff like that and to then essentially I mean like in 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 some examples you know someone loses their career or at least their ability to maintain a level of their career they lost their accounting job because they were they yelled at somebody somebody in a in a fast food restaurant yeah, that's fine. But to your point, like, they're not then able to use our language, it affects the other parts of their vocation. Mm-hmm. So let's use that then as a, as a next step, and we'll get away from Andrew's absurdly over the topic. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> let's use more of that kind of an idea. And so first want to acknowledge many of us, many of us, maybe even who are watching have the sense of we may end up in that trap that this, this, this cancel culture idea or, or um, I use the phrase mob uh, might be coming for us. Um, so before we get to like kind of what's our response, what's our posture, let's address that issue. So my main question when you say things like that is, first of all, what would it mean for me to get canceled? right? Like canceled by my neighbor who disagrees with me, right? Like, what does that mean? Does that mean they stop talking to me? Does that mean they like tell all the rest of the neighbors to stop talking to me? You know, does that mean that I'm like, you know, in my own little silo in my- mean possibly that your employer, I, I recognize that you're, you're a, uh, your employer is like your two My kids. employer is very demanding. Yeah. Just so you know. <laughs> um, but it, to Austin's point- now. So a lot of opinions. Aaron, yes, I think it means it means some some gradation of all those things up to and including possibly I lose my job. I, yeah, lose, I, think my, I lose my family connections, maybe, um, you know, they don't want to talk to me at Thanksgiving anymore. Uh, I think a greater part of my fear, you know, of you know, describing cancel culture is like being fearful of also being canceled is actually like when you see other people and their sins brought out to everybody, things that they've done in their past. Cause I think that's another like situation we've seen happen. Yeah. It's, so the, the things that have been brought up in someone's past, how fearful do we all like, how fearful can we possibly be? Because then you start thinking back on all of your sins and you think, what if this comes back to bite me? I, you know, the questions brought up and this might be, you know, slightly off topic, but I, you know, it was, I can't remember who asked the question, but it was once asked, you know, why are there not Lutherans in politics? And like, why, why are like Lutherans afraid to be in politics? And I know, it's, I know Jason, you're going to have nope. a, a rough, a ruffle with feather. No, it's like, and it's kind of like, and it, well, it's because everyone, everyone's answer was, uh, I don't want my dirty laundry aired out to everybody. I, I don't want people to dwell back on something that I know I messed up on. Okay. Um, so it's, it could have been, it doesn't have to be Lutherans. I'm just saying it was. Yeah, I don't understand the descriptor, but I'll take the point that maybe, maybe nothing happens to me, but I'm exposed. So what, I mean, like, and this is me, this is totally me, but I'm a very authentic person, right? 
That's so, okay. That's not unique to you, but carry on. But like, <laughs> if if my if somebody found out about a past sin that I had committed or something that I did that was really bad, right? And I've done bad things. I would own up to it and say, like, yeah, that happened, and I am so sorry that happened. I did not mean to do that. You know what I mean? Like, I I'm, I'm hopefully a better. What person does it mean? Now. It wouldn't hurt. I've learned from it. Oh, absolutely not. But like, what? I mean, that's what, that's, that's where this whole thing comes back to. Cause I'm like, I can't think of a scenario to where I'm like super afraid. I can, I can think of plenty of stuff. Well, maybe it's because I, think- I don't have as much to lose. Cause I don't have like a job or whatever, but like, you know what I mean? Like I, there's nothing in my life that I would be like, you know, you know what I'm saying? All right. Like, well, I'll just, I'll just answer for myself then what I, what I need to hear. Um, okay. Yeah. Since I am the only one that has a, uh, things that he wouldn't want to have exposed uh, i don't think that's <laughs> i'm willing to stipulate it for the purposes of discussion um, because i think you aaron may feel differently and i'm happy that you have that confidence um but but certainly i have there are things i would not want there are things in my life i would not want to be widely known um i certainly would not want other uh, consequences of cancel culture to befall me. Um, I don't want to lose family connections. I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to be, um, you know, ostracized for my, my, my neighbors or my community, all those things. And I think that's a, it's, it's a, it's a valid, genuine concern. Um, I agree with that. Thank you. Uh, if you're listening and you, and you, and you have those, those concerns, you see this stuff happening all around and you wonder how, how long before it comes toward you. Um, or what you might accidentally say or do that brings it to you. Um, that's a valid, genuine concern. Uh, what we see that this is the this is the core of our of our message this week, right? At the core of our reading is uh, Pastor Max talked about it in terms of baptismal identity. If you if you uh, happen to catch that sermon, which is to say, you are a child of God, um, paid for by the by the blood of Jesus, redeemed in the waters of baptism. And that is an identity that cannot be taken away from you. Uh, the way I talked about this is um, very similar. Uh, Jesus did that for you uh, without waiting for anybody else's uh, permission or invitation or um, agreement. Uh, he did it all on his own. Therefore, it can't be undone <laughs> by, by any, of those, any of those other things. Uh, what is true of you is true of you. You are a child of God. Um, and so in that sense, we can, just as Jesus shows up in the midst of a situation in which they tried really hard to cancel him, I mean, they, they killed him, um, we can stand in the midst of those things with the same confidence because we walk with Jesus there, or he walks with us. Yeah, I, I think another part of Sermon what over. I wrote down was our greatest faults have the opportunity to become the greatest examples of God's love and grace, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is a, a great point for us to remember is that like we are going to mess up we are going to say stupid things and it probably will come back to bite us um but in those situations uh either when we mess up or when someone around us messes up that's a great example to show god's love and forgiveness yep. i think it doesn't remove the fear because uh, i mean you know it, it's there's still going to be a little bit of the fear to me because of you know, yes, I can say, even if I was forthright about everything and you just admit to it as soon as it's brought up, like, it's like, yes, I, that, that happened and I am sorry. 
that people have apologized for things and immediately fessed up to them and be like, yeah, I'm not going to deny that I tweeted that or that I did whatever, but that still wasn't enough for people because Mm -hmm. it wasn't, it was almost like a sense of, you know, I guess kind of like a a fake justice or something. You have to apologize, but you also have to atone. Yeah. It's, it's more of revenge almost to me. So this is, this is a lot of, a lot of thoughts. Uh, (laughs) I have like three weeks worth of energy here, uh, but also (laughs) two hours of sleep. So it's not a good time. Austin, you are, you, you, you're, you're, you're doing the the cultural unpacking really, really well here Um, because you're absolutely right. Often we see the apology and those who are, as, as Aaron was kind of saying, the ones who are doing the activism, they're often very upfront about saying the apology is not enough. Mm-hmm. You also have to atone. You also have to make amends. And often that takes what? It takes a sacrifice. Yeah. You have to, you have to pay for this um, with your livelihood, with your, uh, with your, um, your dignity, with your, with your place in the, in the public square, whatever it might be. You, you said this to. thing. Now you have to go live in a hole somewhere forever. Yeah. And, and, and that is, that's, um, it's penance. It's, it's, it's atonement for what you've done. Uh, Sunday school question here. Uh, somebody read my mind. Where Jesus. does, mm-hmm. <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> does that idea have any, any, any relationship to our Christian beliefs? Answer yes, right? Yes. Um, well done, Aaron. Yes, with the help of God. <laughs> I do so intend with the help of him. <laughs> um, but but very seriously, Austin has has laid out for us exactly what's going on is the activists, the culture, the cancelers, whatever you might want to say, they're 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 pleased for the apology, but they're looking for atonement. They're looking for not so much revenge, I would say, as 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 for a price to be paid. Yeah without being hokey that's where jesus stands mm-hmm. and so andrew opened us up with a, a quote about where where's what's the role of forgiveness that's it right to be able to say i i don't need that um atonement i don't need that person's job <laughs> i don't need that person's um metaphorical head on a spear um and so I can I keep going for a minute? Yeah. Yeah. Because I really want to unpack this idea of if we are going to be people of forgiveness right. as response to cancel culture, um, I want to unpack what that means. Um, first, by what it doesn't mean. Uh, and actually, it's, it's helpful, Andrew, that you gave us such a crazy example. Um, because when we say uh, we're going to bring forgiveness to this cancel culture, it doesn't mean we're excusing the behaviors. Um, you know, the such, such and such person has, we'll use Matt Lauer, uh, who lost his place on the Today Show uh, because he was doing all sorts of things uh, to women. Um, doesn't mean we're excusing that behavior. Again, because we have a, we have a particular con- concept of human dignity, human value, um, which we want to uphold. But it does mean he he as a person doesn't have to cease to exist he as a person doesn't have to be labeled wretched or 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 irredeemable 
Um, <laughs> we don't have to be a part of, of exacting a price uh, because the price has been exacted. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I actually think that's really important, like especially when we're talking to our neighbors because mm -hmm. we don't want to diminish the fact that they feel so strongly about these situations. About the like, wrong that was done. Exactly. Like we should definitely acknowledge like that is not a correct, mm -hmm. like that's, we disagree with that as well. So let's talk but, about like in practical uh, concrete language, how to do that, how to, how to say, yeah, that was wrong. And actually there's opportunity, even in the saying that was wrong to, to bring some gospel, some good news. But then what do we say next? How do we get that forgiveness idea out there in like actual language that one might say? say and actually I get a lot of pushback on this but like I I mean you know it God justice belongs to God it doesn't belong to us you know what I mean like he's the one that's going to make everything right so even though we think we're making everything right like we're trying our best to do it we're going to mess up because we're human we can't do it perfectly we're not God we're not Jesus so a lot of times when I come across these things I'm like well, vengeance is at mine. Like vengeance is God. Like he'll take care of that. Like I can just do what I can do here as far as that's all concerned. And so I give a lot of it over to God as far as vengeance is concerned. Like what with Austin was saying when it was, he was talking about revenge because I don't have that vengeance thing. And I think that's why I don't have that fear thing either. Mm. Like it's not, it's not my responsibility. Thank goodness. <laughs> Because I would totally mess it up. <laughs> I see a lot of I see a lot of value in that as as a response. Um, I see that as as a, as a an inviting response. And here's why: when you say, um, "I give the I give the exacting of vengeance, the exacting of a of a price," I hand, I'm going to hand that over to you know. And I might say, in in my own life, I'm 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 really glad to be able to hand that over to God. Yes. Um, because here's why I think that's inviting. Um, have you ever, have you ever, ever talked to a, um, social justice warrior? Yes. Yeah. Never. Never. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me actually, Andrew. <laughs> I don't mean, have you ever shouted at them? By the uh, way, there are some of them in the church too. Yeah, so. there are. There yeah. are. What is true. And this is not a, this is not a criticism and not being mean. No. And I'm not poking fun. What is true is it's an exhausting way to be because they're they're never quite finished. They have a lot of pressures that they have put upon themselves. And I find I find that in the church too. Like they have pressures to like bring people to Jesus. Like, you know, like that's what I and it's like sure. well, like <laughs> very yeah, very, very similar. Um, very similar, yeah, with different kind of in in goals. Right. Um, but the my sense of every every social justice person I've ever known, my sense is that, that it's very exhausting to always take on to myself. I need to not only put a stop to this, but also bring about the just payment for it. Right. And so to say, I turn that piece over, to, you know, over to God, because um, he, as you said, I like the positivity of he will make things right in the end. Um, is an inviting uh, posture for sure. But at, at the same time, my only pushback to that is like if, if you lived in the 60s or 70s and uh, like people with a different skin color were being mistreated, it wouldn't be the same to say to them, well, God will take care of the vengeance. I'm, I'm, it's not my problem. No, he, he wants us to care for them and to stick up for their, their right. Yeah, you're saying the same thing I said. I am. 
Yeah. Um, and maybe I wasn't listening well. <laughs> Sometimes with Jason, it's hard because even when he's saying it, he's still supposed to read his mind. So, no, you know, not this part. I said it. Um, you're absolutely right, Andrew. Uh, it, it is for, as I said, we have a, we have a, as Christians, we have a certain concept of human value, human dignity. Um, that we're called to uphold. So it is, if I lived in the 60s and 70s, I didn't, but in, in your hypothetical. Right. Um, now I'm just being combative because you came at me, I call it. <laughs> uh, but in that scenario, you're absolutely right. Um, uh, and we could even do current scenarios. Um, it is the role of a Christian, as Aaron said, to agree and say, yeah, this is wrong. A wrong has happened. And we want to be shaping a world um, in which, and taking part in bringing about a world in which that doesn't happen. Um, again, in our language that we call that, we want to be a part of God's kingdom coming here such that everyone is equal where we don't need to be doing. And what, it, what I think Aaron is after here is it isn't my role to, um, shoot the, the, the discriminator. Mm. Yeah, we're not going to go kill all the racists. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, or, you know, get them fired from their jobs or, um, I mean, unless they're whatever. <laughs> yeah. We I agree. Know, where, like in all these situations, it's kind of. You agree with me? Yeah. yeah. The other thing about that, too, is that, and I don't know if people see this as much, but even like even in the 60s and 70s, if we would have gone and killed all the racists, like, the, there would still be racist. You know what I mean? Or like the institutions we set up. <laughs> like secret ones? Yeah, well, the institutions we've set up would still have like a racial yeah. component with the segregation and everything. So it's like I, these these social justice warriors, they think they can fix things. And we know as, you know, reading the Bible that we can't fix this. Literally, we have messed this up mm -hmm. way too far. Until to Jesus returns, it. evil is going exactly. to exist. Yeah, right. and, and well... And there's a confidence in that, honestly. Well, if, you, if you want to do the theology of it, Andrew, um, it's like this. Jesus shows up. The kingdom of God is at hand. Then he, then he goes and does it. You know, he heals, heals sick people and um, gives uh, you know, all the things. Blind people have sight. People that are hungry are not, not hungry anymore. Um, liberation for captives, et cetera, et cetera. And then he says, that's, I'm with you always, that's still happening, right? There's an in, there's a, a time coming when it's fully complete, but it is happening now. And as believers in Jesus, we have a role in that. Um, but to, to go back to your, the part, the part, the place where you started us that I liked so much, um, bringing forgiveness doesn't mean excusing the wrong. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean, it certainly means working to correct the wrong. Mm -hmm. Because um, otherwise, uh, that would mean for us as Christians that we could just go on doing our wrong and right. not turn from it because we know that we're forgiven for it. We have or to do from our Where yeah. I think that this in intersects for us with the cancel culture idea that, that Austin put up is it certainly means it doesn't mean excusing the wrong. It certainly means working to correct the wrong, but it means we don't have to be doing retribution for the wrong. Right. That's where we have the opportunity as Christians to speak something that is um, more hopeful. Mm -hmm. And we live in that confidence that God will, you know, like in Romans, God will work everything towards good. You mm -hmm. know, like we will get there. We yeah. have that confidence. We have that assurance. So we don't have to feel the pressures of some of the social justice warriors do. Right. Even though it's unlikely and you do get canceled for, you know, whatever, 
it doesn't mean that you've you've lost your you know your forgiveness from Jesus or that you've lost you've lost your your um your ability to get into heaven or something you know even if like, the whole world stops yeah. loving you God still loves you yeah so I, I think that is part of the fear for a lot of Christians is that um they're afraid that uh they're going to be canceled because of their their christian beliefs mm -hmm. and that is a possibility absolutely uh, it certainly and, happened at other times in history right. now, austin you were saying earlier that it's happening in china of, right now <laughs> right part of the issue is that we've lived in an america that has been so um peaceful toward christian christianity that it hasn't really been a fear for us but so now when there's any kind of hint of discrimination toward our beliefs it, it terrifies some of us but I, I think scripture makes it pretty clear that it is going to happen you should expect it to happen and it's it doesn't really change anything for you but you have one standing with you who has overcome even death right yeah. i was just going to say jason what was the slide uh that you had in your sermon um was it toward the end yeah it was Someone that ended up having Jesus in it. You walk with Jesus. Yeah. Just to remember um, exactly what it's You said. had Jesus in a slide at church? That's no, so weird. I not. Uh, <laughs> so the one, Austin, that you're referring to, I think, is the one that said, um, when you walk with the one who cannot be canceled, cancel culture cannot harm you. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. Thanks. I, just, I think that's a good good sum summation. Of Which isn't to say it won't make your life difficult. Oh, yeah. Yep. But in, a, in an ultimate sense, it cannot harm you. Right. Which is maybe another thing we can share with our neighbors is that that sense of peace. And confidence. And confidence. Confidence is very appealing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A few things we can share with our neighbors as it relates to cancel culture. Number one, we can show them and invite them to into a, a sense of peace and confidence uh, that transcends whatever might, might be coming under attack. That is to say, I know who I am in Jesus. I know the promise he made to me. And um, if I were to be canceled, <laughs> um, it might make my life hard, but it won't ultimately doom me. The second piece is, what is our response? Um, yes the wrong has been committed um that is not whatever whatever that is um does not line up with with um what i believe is good and right for human beings and this is an opportunity to say what where that comes from right i believe that person that woman uh those group of women whatever it might be um our children of god created in his image they're valuable and that was that thing therefore was wrong um so there's an opportunity to speak good news even in that. But I also um, have a confidence that number one, the price for this has been paid and um, God will set it right in the end. As hard as it is for me to watch it right now and as much as I want to do my part to make it not happen anymore, I have confidence that, that God will set it right in the end, that it doesn't all depend on me and you. Yeah. Also, one one more thing is that if you if you are witnessing somebody that is being canceled, like, you know, if you witness somebody that's being ostracized in the neighborhood, like you could be the person that goes up and sits with them, you know, 
or says like, I forgive you. Like, I'm not canceling you. Like I'll help you through this, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. You know what I mean? Like you could be that bright spot for them. We are, even if they've done wrong, even if they're canceled because they've done wrong, because we are people of second chances. Yeah. It's the same thing like businesses that, you know, hire, you know, uh, ex-convicts, you know, people who've made it out of prison. Like Mm -hmm. if we can do that for people who've made it out of prison, I think if someone makes a culturally like uh, something that someone doesn't agree with, you know, a decision like that, that's like just political or whatever, it doesn't mean that like they can't go on to do good things. It's a great opportunity to let them know they're still a beloved child of God. Absolutely. To show them that in your relationship. Yes. And the forgiveness of God. Mm -hmm. That feels like a great point to wrap up. Yeah. Aaron, would you mind praying for us today? Dear Father in heaven, please help us open our eyes and look to our neighbors and hopefully help them see you in us. Please help us be aware of the culture around us and how you are sovereign over all of things and how anything that needs to be set right, you will do when you come again and help us to help lift up all of our neighbors to see that in you and see that your justice is pure above all the rest. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thanks guys for the conversation and thank you all for joining us this week. See you next week. See you later. Thanks for joining us for the Pack the House show. For more content like this or to connect with us, visit our website, cornerstonelutheran.church.